Uh, you made it, and the Super Bowl isn't till later, so we're gonna go all day long, okay? Um, if you're a first-time guest to Church Project, we're glad that you're here. We're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. Now, we're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so if you've been with us for a while, you know that we've been at Dayspring. In the last three weeks, we've been in this building. We'll be in this building again next week. I also want to let you know that this week is First Wednesday. Yeah, okay. So just invite a ton of people to come to First Wednesday as, as we are just longing for the things of God. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to have some incredible worship on Wednesday. Um, house churches don't meet, and so all the house churches will be here. And I think this is a fantastic place to invite your friends and neighbors and whoever else to come. Like, we're in a neutral building, so it doesn't matter which church people go to. Like, we can all come together on Wednesday and worship God. So I hope all of us are there, and, and I hope to see you there. Um, I want to jump right into the message today. So if you have your phone, you can open up your YouVersion app and just search for the events, and you'll find um, our church project notes on there. I'd encourage you to download those notes so you can talk about them later and have them for your own reference, but you can follow along in your notes today. I'm jumping right into Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. We're going to cover four verses today. We're in the middle of the story of Acts. We've been going through Acts for over two years. And this is Paul. This is the early church. Like they're going out and they're starting this thing called the ecclesia or the way or the movement. And we'll find ourselves years later in Greeley, Colorado, worshiping the, the Jesus Christ that's being preached about here, has been crucified and risen from the dead, and then has covered over all all of our sins, and we have a way to defeat death because of the blood of Jesus in our life. Amen? Like this is the beginning of the message. So Paul, let's pick up in Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke, he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him in their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who, who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Amen. This is why we need each other. These four verses right here is another indication as to why we need each other. We see a young, talented, super educated Apollo show up on the scene. And what does it say about him? He had much zeal. Mature believers come along beside him and help to refine him. Apollo knows where he is going, but he just needs help getting there. Have you ever been there? 
He knows that he has a calling on his life. He just needs help getting there. And to put it simply, we're better together. We need each other. We need the church to be the church. We need to encourage each other. You need to go to a house church because they're way smarter than I am, and you're going to dialogue about Scripture, and the Spirit's going to come alive as you participate in the gospel in your life. Like, we need each other. Amen? Amen. Verse 24, for those of you that are very nerdy like myself, this paragraph that we started out, verse 24, this paragraph is the only one, the only one chapter or paragraph from chapter 16 in Acts all the way through to the end of Acts in which Paul is in no way involved or mentioned. Huh, curious, huh? Fun little fun fact. Go search it. I was like, it's true. It's really true. Paul is mentioned from chapter 16 all the way through to the end of Acts. This is the only paragraph where he's not mentioned here. Verse 24. Meanwhile, while, the name, while a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scripture. Apollos, this young, talented man filled with zeal, super educated, he was Alexandrian by birth, so that's where he was born. Alexandria is the second largest city in the Roman Empire during this time, and Alexandria is the leading center of the Hellenistic and and Platonic thinking in Greece. Educated city. This also is where the Greek transliteration of the Old Testament, known as the Septuagint, was produced. So there's a lot of education. There's a lot of stuff that's happening right here. It's populated with a lot of Jewish people. So we have education. We have the Jewish people right here. This is an incredible city to be in. And Apollos, where he grew up, he was a learned man. And so where he grew up here in Alexandria, he was a learned man. And why it says that is because he was Jewishly educated of the Old Testament. Like he knew the Old Testament well. He was learned. He went to the best schools. He studied, and he knew his Old Testament well. So this is Apollos. We get to verse 25. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. I like how in, in this version we're reading is the, is the NIV version. If you look at the ESV version or other versions, some of it says he spoke with great fervor in the spirit. The NIV leaves that out. But I want to add, I think that's a really good one to put in there. And so if you look at this in the ESV version, he spoke in great fervor in the spirit, like the spirit was moving And this literally, if you want to translate it literally, it means burning in spirit. Whew! Would you want that to be said of your life? Like, you have great fervor. You're burning in spirit. Like, man, we pray this. We sing this over our church body and over our lives. Like, Holy Spirit, move. And I think the result of the Holy Spirit moving is we have what? Fervor. Amen. Like, I declare that over all of us, that we would have great fervor burning in the spirit. It continues to say about Apollos that he had great fervor, but he only knew the baptism of John. Do you notice that? He only knew the baptism of John. 
Here is what uh, the theologian Robert James Utley writes about this part right here, about knowing only the baptism of John. Robert Utley says this, John was truly the last Old Testament prophet who prepared for the coming of the Messiah, but he was not the first gospel preacher. Both John and Jesus emphasized repentance, faith, and godly living. Both initially, initially called the Jews to a new commitment in faith and to practice covenant and faithfulness and personal faith in Yahweh. And so we see John and we see Apollos coming along and we see Jesus preaching during this time. And the only thing Apollos knew right now was the teaching and the baptism of John. He was well-versed in the Old Testament and he knew it well, but he didn't quite have the full picture and didn't quite have the full story. We move to verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Wow. How many of you have arrived, whatever field you're in, like you're at the top of the game, you know it all besides Jared, he knows it all. Anything accountant-wise, like ask Jared about that. Like, have you reached the top? Are you done learning? Doesn't matter how old we get, right, Grandpa? We keep learning, we keep pursuing, we keep going forward and pushing forward. And so here we see in verse 26, <clears throat> excuse me, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him into their home and explained to him in more, uh, the ways of God more adequately. God will meet you where you're at. God will meet you where you're at. He will show up and he will start moving. Our job is to abide in him and show up. Like Apollos, he didn't even know the full story, and God was using him in powerful, powerful ways. But what did he have to do? He had to what? Begin. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Show up, church. He'll take care of the rest. Show up. He'll use you to speak life where there is no life. He'll use you to interject hope when you don't even know how you're going to interject hope. He'll put you in places that are out of your control and you're gonna be way out of your league and all of a sudden the spirit is gonna move and all you had to do was show up and rely on the spirit of God. So where you go today, where you go tomorrow, your places of vocation, your schools, your places and spaces you find yourself, you're showing up. Our job is to show up and say, God, what are you doing here? How do I find solutions to problems in my work? Can you give me creativity and imagination to see things that aren't even here yet? Like, we are hungry, and we are relying on God to show us secrets that's not even in this world yet. Our job is to show up and let God move in powerful ways. Amen? You don't know what to do with the sick kid? Maybe ask, God, what do I do? You don't know what to do in situations? Say, God, what do I do? And we rely on his Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Colossians chapter one, verses 16 through 17 says this. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, Amen. 
He is before all things, and in him all, whole, all things hold together. Church, here's the deal. We can trust in the sovereignty of God. We can trust that God has a plan, that he's been in the beginning, he'll be in the end, and he's everything in between. We can trust that he'll speak eternity into our lives and that his Holy Spirit will move in our life. So that's our declaration already in Scripture, and that's also our prayer. Pray this over our lives. Pray this over our church, that we would be humble and we would listen to God. So Apollos, who began to speak in the synagogue, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. We look at this word explained, like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. It happened because I was at seminary. I went to seminary as an older, smarter, wiser, more mature man. (laughs) These smart young men and women were sitting next to me. One, I was impressed at how much they could memorize. I was like, uh, I don't know. Super smart, like super educated with a lot of zeal. But I watched that they actually needed to learn a little bit more as well, maybe a little more hard life lessons, you know? (laughs) Maybe not so ideal about what church could be theoretically. Go live it for a while. Go be a pastor for a while, and then let's talk. So we see Priscilla and Aquila here, and look what happens. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is what happens. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur each other on to love and good deeds. Aquila and Priscilla, they considered how to spur on this young, educated man, Apollos, that had tons of zeal, and they invited him to their house quietly to show him and to explain. They didn't call him out going, you're wrong, wrong, you don't know the truth. They said, come here, let me consider how to spur you on to love and good deeds. If you're old, raise your hand. You know it. Okay. Put your hand down. If you're young, raise your hand. Okay, yeah. Weston, you can't put your hand up on both of them. <laughs> Here's the deal. Old people, you need to show young people. Young people, you need to listen to old people. And reverse, by the way. Let's consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. I think a great way to highlight this is just watching this video of how the church has encouraged someone in a time of need. Paulus needed Priscilla and Aquila to speak lovingly and just consider how to spur him on to love and good deeds. Like, church, we need each other regardless of age. We can be an encouragement to everyone in this room. Our job is to seek God and to serve each other and to serve a world that's in need, to stay humble and to stay hungry. The cool thing about this is Paulus was super educated, super talented, a better communicator than Paul. But he goes to Priscilla and Quilla's house, and he's humble enough to hear the message. And you see later on in verses 27 and 28, he wanted to go somewhere. And it made a lot of sense for him to go to this next place, but it took the church, uh, it took um, Aquila and Priscilla to introduce him to this church, to get him there and to write a letter saying, here he comes, here comes Apollo, it's going to be incredible. And he goes and he makes an incredible impact for the kingdom. Why? Because he's reliant on the spirit. The church is coming underneath him. 
and encouraging him and teaching him and rebuking him at times, saying, no, you've got it wrong. You only have half the message. Like, there's a risen Savior. You need to know about him. There's a Holy Spirit. You need to know about him. And they educate him, and he goes on, and he makes incredible. In fact, he's kind of proposed, Apollo is proposed as one that may have written Hebrews. Awesome. God wants to do this in our lives. And here's our prayer. And I'm skipping down to the last note. On I skipped a ton here, okay? Here's our prayer, Psalms 34, verses 4 through 8. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Amen. That's our prayer. God is sovereign. We can trust him. Stay humble and hungry, church. We are better together. Show up today and show up tomorrow trusting that God has ordained our very steps. Let's take a moment just in silence, and I want to invite Weston to come up and lead us in, in a communion. God, thank you. Pray that this message will find its way to our hearts. And Spirit, I know and I trust and all of us, that you can show us something very special to us as we sit here. God, please show us that you're a good God and you can be trusted. And that without you, God, our life has no hope. We need you. We need your blood, the anointing of your blood to cover over all of our sins and all of our actions. Man, we're wretched without you, God. We're selfish. We're deviant. We're deceptive. God, your Holy Spirit can wash us clean so we see the world the way you do, with love, compassion. Please let this message come alive in us. Speak hope to each and every one of us.